You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present Terry's Mysterious Moments. Welcome to Terry's Mysterious Moments, Season 3. Thank you for joining me on this journey into the odd, the weird, the strange. Hope you'll enjoy it. Now, on with the show. Hello, my fellow Mysterians. This is Terry from Texas with a new episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments. Welcome. Come along for the ride. This week I want to be talking about mysteries that are no longer mysteries or mysteries that were proved to never be mysteries. Hoaxes, if you will. Or things that didn't appear as they seemed. First off, I want to talk about the gullibility of us humans. I mean, there are, every one of us can be misguided and misdirected by something. Um, I have a tendency to keep a straight face when I'm trying to pull someone's leg, and they tend to believe me when I say things. And then I can get that, no, (laughs) it's not true on them. But anyway... Let's look at some of these. The headline reads, Have Investigators Solved the Infamous Pan Am Flight 914 Mystery? The answer is sort of. You'll get the story of the of the plane here as I tell the story, so bear with me. Time travel might be cool, and it might be a concept that is a huge part of movies, such as Back to the Future. But could it be a real thing? The following story about a mysterious Pan Am plane may have answered that question. Then again, it may not have. The mystery of Pan Am Flight 914 has driven historians and skeptics crazy over the last few years. This begs the question, how did a plane possibly land 37 years after originally taking off. So for some of you listeners, my faithful Mysterians, this plane took off before you were born and landed 37 years after it took off. That's the story. And this incredible story begins all the way back on July 2nd, 1955 when Pan Am Flight 914 was scheduled to take off from its airport in New York. The plane was believed to be transporting 57 passengers and four crew members to Miami. It seemed like it would be a normal flight for everyone involved. This would be far from the truth. Something mysterious happened. After it took off from New York, wouldn't be long before air traffic controllers lost signal of Pan Am Flight 914. 
it completely disappeared from the radar just like that no one understood what happened not only was there no indication that the plane had crashed somewhere remote but there was also no sign of bodies of any of the passengers or crew members that were on board there were no leads whatsoever there was an intense investigation and afterward the the authorities concluded that the plane must have crashed and that all souls on board had died. They were unable to locate the plane or wreckage or any information on it and came to a conclusion that it must have crashed in the sea somewhere. As a result, the airline compensated all of the families of everyone involved with death benefits. Those families were in store for some shocking news 37 years later. Okay, let's jump forward 37 years. It's 1992. It's September 9th, and the setting by our incredible scene was an airport in the capital of Venezuela, the city of Caracas, which I have landed in, and that's not a very friendly airport. It seemed like a normal day at work for all of the traffic controllers. Something would soon come to pass that would completely take them by surprise. A Douglas DC-4 appeared out of nowhere and had not even been picked up by the airport's radar. What did this mean? <laughs> Number one, it couldn't be seen. Also, the tower was bewildered when it first laid eyes on the plane. One of the key figures in this story is the air traffic controller there in Caracas, and his name was Juan de la Corte. With the rest of his team, Juan turned up to work that day expecting nothing out of the ordinary. But he was completely wrong. With this mysterious DC-4 in his sights, he had no idea how it managed to evade the radar or what it would do next. Now it's not said, but I'm sure the airport was put on high alert because this looks a little odd. With all of the unrest in Central and South America, could this have been maybe a captured plane from years gone by with terrorists on board? I don't know how they treated it, so that's not part of the story, so I'm not going to dwell on it. It wouldn't take long before Juan de la Corte got a signal from the plane. It was a simple question. Where are we? The pilot asked. He then confirmed their identity. We are Pan Am Airways Flight 914 from New York to Miami with a crew of four and 57 passengers. When Juan first laid eyes on the mysterious flight, he was shocked at how outdated it looked. It looked old. He specifically used the term rugged to describe the aircraft. Now rugged in technological terms means beat up. Unlike other planes that look pristine and modern, this plane looked like it had come from another universe. He tried to overlook its unorthodox appearance and continued to liaise with the pilot. The initial report was that Flight 914 had overshot its original landing spot in Miami only by a little bit of a 1,118 miles or so. Now, confused by this, Juan was quick to ask the pilot some important questions. These included if they had experienced some sort of crash and if they had failed to make contact with anyone else. When he got the answers he looked for, he went on ahead and cleared the plane for landing. Why not? 
Everything seemed to be going to plan as the plane touched down and brought itself to a stop. Juan then heard the pilot say something that completely baffled him. He said, We were scheduled to land in Miami at 9.55 on 2nd of July, 1955. To me, this is the first red flag. The pilot said this nonchalantly. Juan was quick to confirm to the pilot that he had actually landed in Caracas and that it was, in fact, September 9, 1992. Juan was simply telling the pilot what day it was. However, as soon as he heard this, the pilot erupted into a fit of panic and yelled, Oh my God! And on the radio, the air traffic control team could hear the many passengers screaming and panicking. Juan ordered a group of security guards to go down to the front and escort the people out of the Pan Am plane. It was at this point that the pilot did something that Juan never saw coming. But then Juan had already had a big surprise, so another one probably wouldn't hurt. The team had no worries that the security would be able to calm the crew and passengers down and bring them into the airport. As soon as they approached the plane, the pilot instructed them not to get any closer. Then Juan heard on the radio the pilot screaming and saying, No, don't get near. We are leaving now. Surely enough, the plane kicked its engines on and taxied most Ricky Tick out onto the runway, DD'd out and took off and disappeared. But where did it go? According to Juan, the plane once again was untraceable on the radar after flying back into the clouds. In light of this, the airport sent three jets out to try and track down Pan Am Flight 914. They were unable to locate its whereabouts. Despite this, it certainly wasn't the end of the story. Another report claims to have identified the plane and its passengers' whereabouts just hours after the Caracas fiasco. It had reportedly arrived in Miami. There's another red flag. Reportedly, the Pan Am plane landed at the airport that it was going to fly to all those years ago, Miami Airport. Naturally, the staff in Miami were just as perplexed about the plane's arrival as Juan de la Corte. Upon its arrival, the staff checked the back office, and sure enough, they learned that the very same plane had previously taken off in New York on July 2, 1955. It made sense that the staff at Miami Airport had plenty of questions for this mysterious plane. It would be a few hours of interrogation before the airport decided what to do with them. They let them go home. Eh, but there's something even creepier here and would kick up the story to a whole new level. Amazingly, the family's biggest surprise wasn't that they were able to finally be reunited with long-lost relatives who they believed had died many years ago. What surprised them even more was how they looked. Apparently, all the passengers and crew looked exactly the same as they did when they first took off back in 1955. While their families were 37 years older, they hadn't aged at all. Also, it was a mystery as to how the plane could still run after so many years. It seems that the more people learned about this story, the more questions they had. There seemed to be zero concrete answers to hard-pressing questions. Firstly, where was the plane during those 37 years? Secondly, if the story is true, 
how did the passengers not age at all? One of the theories, and here we go, usual theory number one. One of the theories presented was that the Bermuda Triangle had something to do with the plane's mysterious disappearance. And of course we know that over the last 70 years a number of planes have been the subjects of incidents attributed to the Bermuda Triangle. A notorious body of water located in the Atlantic, the Bermuda Triangle has reportedly claimed numerous planes over the years, with the most recent cases happening in 2017. I did not know that. Investigators have played down the Bermuda Triangle, having played a part in Pan Am Flight 914's disappearance. Nah, there's nothing paranormal about this story at all, right? Right. Despite Pan Am 914 being nothing short of amazing, there isn't actually much proof suggesting that it actually happened. Seeing that only one newspaper mentioned the event, and it was on three separate occasions in different years, the Weekly World News, you know that little thing you pick up at the checkout counter of your grocery store and then put it back before you have to pay for it. If you'll remember in the movie Men in Black, it was part of their investigational material to find out where UFOs really were landing. This raises this another red flag for me. So this is three red flags so far. Because it was the weekly world news, it's difficult to take the story seriously. While some articles suggest that the plane reappeared after 30 years, others state that the, the event happened 37 years after the plane first took off. There's another red flag. They can't get the dates right. Furthermore, it gets even more confusing when you look at the other details. Not only did the articles from the same newspaper contradict one another, but they also used different images for the same key figure involved in the story. Air Traffic Control Juan de la Court. And there's another red flag. Despite having the same name in both accounts, the same newspaper used different photos for the same person, causing a lot of confusion. So my question is, which one was it? Was it this one or was it that one? At this point, the chances are high. Oh, really? That Weekly World News might be guilty for reporting fake news. Yeah, let's see, like the Bat Boy and the Soviet hole drilled to hell and different things like that. Yeah, they're honest. They're above board. The Pan Am mystery is just one of many others that have captured the imaginations and perplexed millions of historians. Every story is as mysterious as the next, and the one thing that many of these cases have in common is that they still don't have a definitive conclusion. Whether it's the classic story of the disappearance of Amelia Earhart, who was lost over the South Pacific, or the Egypt Air Flight 990 of 1999, which crashed into the Atlantic off Nantucket Island, every story seems to be laden with a sense of mystery. Most investigators have concluded that due to the contradicting evidence surrounding Pan Am Flight 914, whatever supposedly happened back in 1992 didn't actually happen. However, there is no doubt that investigators will continue to look into this bizarre mystery, and who knows, maybe information will soon surface backing up the incident as having actually been true. Only time will tell. 
One thing's for sure, though. It's one of the most bizarre mysteries of the 20th century involving an airplane. Other mysteries that have ceased to be mysterious over time, which means this one that I'm about to tell you about was found out to be a hoax. Have you ever heard of the Apollo 20 mission? No? Because there wasn't one. There was one planned, but it never carried through. The Apollo 20 hoax is a fake story told in a series of YouTube videos about an American and Russian manned lunar mission that discovered evidence of an extraterrestrial civilization on the far side of the moon. In April 2007, videos began appearing on YouTube under the username RetiredAFB, telling the extraordinary story of Apollo 20, a secret lunar mission that definitively proved the existence of intelligent alien life on the moon. Then on May 23, 2007, Italian ufologist Luca Scantonberlo interviewed a man who identified himself as a William Rutledge, a retired American astronaut living in Rwanda. That's in Africa, folks. Rutledge claimed to be the commander of the Apollo 20 crew and to be the owner of the retired AFB account. Scantonberlo never met Rutledge in person because he conducted the interview over Yahoo Messenger. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. During the interview, Rutledge claimed Apollo 20 was a top-secret mission launched in mid-August 1976 from Vandenberg Air Force Base in Santa Barbara, California, conducted jointly by the United States and the former Soviet Union. He alleged the other mission members were American Leona Snyder, who was apparently a fictitious person, and former Soviet cosmonaut Alexei Leonov, who was the first human being to walk in space. The purported landing site of the mission was near Gayat Crater, a feature near the much larger Delport Crater. Rutledge said the videos show that he and Leonov discovered the remains of an ancient lunar civilization. He also said they brought back artifacts to Earth for study, including a hibernating female humanoid. Frankly, that kind of sounds to me like a movie called Queen of Blood. The first Apollo 20 videos appeared on YouTube on April Fool's Day. That's clue number one. The videos, however, were then moved to Rever, R-E-V-V-E-R dot com, which is now defunct, also under the same username, retired AFB. Other videos were scattered throughout YouTube, posted by several different account users, making it difficult to determine the true identity of the hoaxer. Each video continues to draw thousands of views. Despite the realistic appearance of the videos, amateurs have easily debunked them on YouTube and elsewhere on the Internet. The videos are short, each only lasting a few minutes. If viewed in their intended sequence, they tell a partial story of the fake mission, starting with astronauts boarding Apollo 20 and ending with the extraordinary discoveries on the moon. They include the following images. Apollo 20 flight plans and mission patches, which were faked because the planned Apollo 20 had its patches already made up and they're totally different. 
It showed the launch of Apollo 20. It showed astronaut Rutledge walking on the moon. It showed ruins of an alien spacecraft. It showed ruins of an alien city. And it showed the body of a hibernating female alien nicknamed Mona Lisa by YouTube users. There was a writer from the International Business Times who suggested the self-confessed perpetrator of the hoax is French videographer artist Terry Speth, that's T-H-I-E-R-R-Y, Speth, S-P-E-T-H. Sorry about my voice, folks. The website with Speth's admission, needtoknow.eu, no longer exists, nor does Speth's personal website. Also, more videos associated with other accounts have appeared on YouTube about Apollo 20, suggesting that more than one person is keeping the hoax alive. Like many hoaxes, this story is a mixture of facts and fiction. The starting point for it are photos that NASA astronauts took in 1971 while in lunar orbit during the Apollo 15 mission, the fourth mission that landed men on the moon. The photos show what looked like a cigar-shaped object resting in a lunar crater. The hoaxer apparently used these photos to create the image of a pockmarked alien spacecraft on the moon. The NASA photos are real, and NASA never claimed they include images of alien spacecraft. The object in question is apparently nothing more than a natural part of the lunar terrain. Apollo 16 photos of the same crater taken a year later show no evidence of artificial structures. Apollo 20 was a mission that never flew. It was one of the, the three lunar missions that NASA canceled after Congress reduced its funding, including Apollo missions 18 and 19. The last manned lunar mission was Apollo 17, launched in 1972. The next manned mission that used an Apollo spacecraft was Skylab 2, launched on 25 May 1973, followed by Skylab 3 and Skylab 4. Skylab 1 was the unmanned mission that put the Skylab space station into the orbit. The Skylab missions were followed by the Apollo-Soyuz test project coordinated by the United States and the former Soviet Union in 1975. Some of the stages for the Saturn V rockets intended for NASA's three canceled lunar missions had already been constructed before their cancellation. According to the hoaxer story, these were all used for the lunar landings of Apollo missions 18, 19, and 20. NASA used one of these to launch Skylab into orbit in 1973. The others are on display at three American space centers. John F. Kennedy Space Center near Cape Canaveral, Florida, the Johnson Space Center in Houston, Texas, and the United States Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville, Alabama. The recreation mission patch suggests the crew's names as Rutledge, Snyder, Leonov, with a Latin phrase from Virgilio's bucolic. It says, Carpent tua poma nepotes, which translates, according to somebody who really knows, as your grandsons or descendants will gather your apples. Makes sense. The patch deviates from the actual planned yet aborted Apollo 20 mission NASA textile patch with the primary crew embossed as Rusa, Lind, and Lausma. 
Stuart Rusma, Don Leslie Lind, and Jack Lausma, which had been planned to land at Tycho Crater to test a rendezvous mission with an earlier unmanned lander. The Apollo 20 hoax was discussed on Aliens on the Moon, The Truth Exposed, a TV documentary directed by American television producer Robert Kiviet, which was released on July 30, 2014 on the Sci-Fi Channel. Where else would it be? 2011 brought us the horrendous Apollo 18, a dismally bad film with the premise that the Apollo 18 mission actually launched and landed on the moon but never returned. It is shot in found footage style, supposedly of lost footage of the mission that was only recently recovered. Of course, the question has to be asked, if nobody ever went back to the moon, how did they get their film recovered? According to the movie, there was no way for them to send it back to Earth. Well, that's all I'm going to have time for this week, but I'll continue these stories next week. There'll be more to follow. I want to remind you that on Mondays, Aaron Hunter has Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast. On Tuesdays, we have Aaron Frail, who does Aaron's Horror Show. Wednesdays, it's me, Terry's Mysterious Moments. And on alternating Thursdays, we have Patrick Sean Jones with the Sandman Lullaby. And on the first Friday of the month, we have video reports from Full Dark Productions and The Witching Hour. Remember that you can go to your app store on either Apple or Android, download the RPA app, and when you open that up in your whatever you listen to the program on, you will not have to go looking for the shows. They will be right there all together. So look for that, the RPA app on your app stores. Well, that's all I have for this week. So I want to thank you for being along. Come back next week. I hope you enjoy the show. Have a great week. Bye-bye.